0: It's your amazing oh, yeah. grace, how With us tonight's assembly on live streaming, Brother Demetrius has arranged for a new live streaming service that uh, we're trying tonight that's supposed to give a better, clearer, and unfailing signal. We had some complaints on our previous live streaming service that was guaranteed to give us everything we wanted, that they lied and the program was dropping out, and they were not getting, uh, sometimes it just went to black screen, and they didn't get the rest of the the service, so Brother Demetrius reached in and filled the gap and has uh, found a new provider, and we'll see tonight what the reports are from people. I know uh, before I left for church, I got a text from somebody that said, I'm going to be live streaming tonight, and... Uh, I know sometimes we have more people live streaming than we actually have in attendance. So we need to get them a good signal so they can enjoy the truth of God's Word and the music and praise and see the back of your lovely head. The message tonight is concerning recognizing truth. I want to start with... understanding of the fact that you are born again, child of God today, because a group of people called Israel rejected their king. Their rejection made a way for our inclusion in the household of faith. You have an opportunity to be born again. Hopefully, you didn't stop getting saved, but you became born again. Uh, I'm working on a book at Current called The Myth and the Myths of the Salvation Message. The Salvation Message is, to a great extent, a myth, and it is a myth of a truth that is available. Because Jesus did not say, you must be saved. He said, you must be born again in order to see, to comprehend, to understand the kingdom of God. And there is a world of difference between getting saved and getting born again. And that is not tonight's message. But uh, look for the upcoming book when it comes out. Study it and let it become real to you. Because it would be a shame to miss the benefits of recognizing, seeing the kingdom and all of its benefits. Because you only received salvation, forgiveness of sins. And did not receive lordship and the induction into indoctrination of who the Lord is and what the kingdom is and what you have entered into. I think salvation being taught and administered is one of the great reasons why the church is as powerless as it is today, because there are too many people getting saved and not enough people getting born again and becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. They got forgiven of their sins and they're just waiting till it's over. But our Lord came to the house of Israel, and it was their rejection of him that opened the door for us to receive him. The rejection of them was in many cases blatant, but in other cases rather nondescript. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I rejected his lordship? Have I rejected his kingship? Pastor, I would never do that. Well, they did it blatantly, openly rejecting him. But sometimes people today reject his lordship when they do not think he's able to handle a problem or situation in their life. They reject his kingship when they think this problem, this situation there's no answer for it hurts my heart to see people who have been in church and the doctor says and they give up hope the lawyer says and their world is shattered the banker says and they go, why God, why? either he is Lord of all Or he is not Lord at all. And it doesn't require us saying crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. To reject his lordship. Because if there's an area of your life. You're not fully convinced. That he is Lord over. Then in that arena of life you have rejected his lordship. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But their transgression, transgression, but by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. God didn't totally cut them off. He just closed the door of access that they had. and said there is a name that's above every name yeah. Yeah. and I have people in fact just last week I had someone come to me but don't you believe that the Jews can be saved by their covenant that they had with God and I said well there was no salvation in the Jewish covenant with God but but if they were able to keep every letter of the law which no human has ever been able to do and if they were able to offer the required animal sacrifices for every sin or transgression which has not been done for two thousand years and if they were able to keep every element of every feast day for the entirety of their lives yes there is a possibility that they could find grace with God as long as they died in faith believing that salvation would come even though they rejected the Savior it came by God is faithful to his covenant but there's still no salvation in that and why people today want to go back to their Jewish roots those roots are dead die won't even help them You can't cover up those roots. They're dead and rotting. So why would I go, want to go back to something. That never made salvation available. Only. Allowed me to be in God's graces. Until such time as I received. His doorway. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. Salvation. Health, safety, soundness, wholeness, and deliverance come when we receive our King. Now that's not just at conversion, the act of being born again. That is the act of getting your bills paid, receiving healing, receiving deliverance. Everything that you receive, you have to judge that thing as conquered in His triumph. As long as I do not see every bill I'll ever get as already paid for, then it becomes a problem to me not try and figure out what I'm going to do with it. As long as I do not see every physical attack against my physical being as having been conquered in his resurrection, I do not recognize his lordship. And I can allow a defeated foe to conquer me. But in his kingship and in his lordship, I must recognize that everything contrary to a promise of God was defeated in the resurrection. Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation this health, safety, soundness, wholeness, and deliverance for every area of your existence that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles they will also listen this salvation he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved not the initial act of being forgiven of your sins but saved from bankruptcy You see, the Word of God says to us something, if you drop down to the last scripture passage on this page, Psalms 107 20, that sometimes people read the verse and don't understand the verse. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. What are those destructions? Sickness, disease, bankruptcy, poverty, hunger. The Word. Are you listening? The Word will deliver you from every destruction Satan has planned for your life, mentally, spiritually, physically, financially. Some people read that verse and all they see is, He'll deliver me from hell, the final destruction. And so they miss out on daily deliverance from car wrecks, disabilitating illnesses. Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God, not just forgiveness of sins, but health, safety, soundness, wholeness, deliverance, prosperity, everything, That his resurrection provided has been sent to the Gentiles. If the Gentiles receive his lordship and see him as their king. Ruling over what would try and come against them. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. I want to stop here because a lot of people again misunderstand this verse and think that it means if I got saved and dunked in water he who has believed and been immersed into Jehovah Lord of hosts Yeshua King of Kings and Lord of Lords Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth Because the baptizing here is immersion. It is Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Immersing them into the name of the Father, Jehovah, Lord of hosts. Immersing them into a complete and full understanding of Yeshua HaMashiach, the Son of God. A complete immersion into the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit of God. Immersion is the most in-depth form of education. I've said this before, and trying to avoid redundancy, I'll say it again. (laughs) If you want to learn a language, immersion is the best way. In Monterrey, Mexico, there is an immersion school, and if you're in a hurry to learn Spanish... You can go to Monterey, and when you check into this school, you have to check your English at the door, because what they do is, they assign you to a native family, and if you want a glass of water, you're going to have to ask for it in Spanish. If you want to go to the restroom, you're going to have to learn banal, because restroom, it, it's not there. Immersion means to survive, you must arrive at an understanding of how the new words work. There are immersion schools. In the United States, where that if you have money and you want to assure your child's education, these schools are what some people would call boarding schools, but they're more than that. Yes, you live on campus and you are immersed into an educational system where you are required to know certain things daily and to be ready if they wake you up in the middle of the night to answer the questions about it because you are not going to get out of there except for the holidays until you are fully compliant with the institutional instruction they have for you. I think it's a little cruel to do that to a child that they only get to see it at holidays. But when the child comes out of there. They know math and science. They know the English language. And they went out and preached everywhere. While the Lord worked with them. And confirmed the word by the signs that followed. If you are not just telling the truth but living the truth and demonstrating the truth there are signs that will follow but we must not reject lordship by failing to emphasize what his word says is an already of God you've got to be willing to say to people God is not going to heal another person they were healed 2,000 years ago, and either they're going to accept His healing as an accomplished fact, or they're going to struggle with the infirmity that has come to their body. There are a lot of well-meaning Christians who are still lying to themselves. Well, I believe God can heal me. I want to tell you as an established fact I don't believe he can. Because until you believe he has already conquered death, hell, and the grave, you're going to go through hell. One more time. Until you believe that he has already conquered death, hell, and the grave, you're going to go through hell waiting for God to do what he's already done. God will never save another person. God will never heal another person. He will never deliver another person. He sent his word and healed them. Past tense. And delivered them from their destruction. Past tense. Are you willing to acknowledge his lordship, his kingship, and receive what he's already done? Or are you still in unbelief, believing that he can, that he will, or hoping that he might? Denying His Lordship guarantees your captivity. Denying His Lordship over that situation guarantees your captivity to that situation. Attesting signs confirm the Word and follow the believer's stand with the Word. The signs did not confirm the disciples. The signs confirm the Word they were living and testifying too are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation do you realize that when you receive him as lord you receive his word as your new truth you receive his spirit As your new guide. To lead you and guide you into that truth. And you should receive the ministry of angels. Out of all of the things that God provides for you in salvation. Angelic ministry and intervention. Is one of the things that is most. Unknown among the body of Christ. And yet, Hebrews 1.14 tells you that they're all ministering spirits and tells you, how shall we escape the temptation, tests, and trials that come to us in life if we're not willing to accept angelic intervention? And then if you sit down, Sister Gail, and go to the Word of God and find out, how did Peter get out of jail? Angelic intervention. How did Elijah and Elisha get delivered from an overwhelming army? Angelic intervention. Do you begin to see it? All through the word of God, there are angels. Who attended to our Lord's triumphant resurrection? When they got to the tomb, who was at the tomb? They say, you're too late. We've already gotten here and he's gone. Well, if angels was involved in his resurrection triumph. Are you listening, church? If angels were involved in the multitude of illustrations in the Word of God. Both Old and New Testament. Where deliverance was at the hand of angels, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Pastor, are you saying angels are salvation? Yes, not forgiveness of sins, but salvation from the plight you might find yourself in. it would do you good to just sit down and begin to study the scriptures that deal with angelic activity from the word of God and realize that the word of God said angels are a part of my salvation. But if I never avail myself of their activity, what do I get? I don't get deliverance From that problem or situation. Angels are on assignment for your good. The word. Psalms 107.20. Is on assignment. For your good and is part of your salvation. The word applied in your life. Means Satan's lies are denied. In that arena of your life. Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiated it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Because they rejected the word. Oh, pastor, I'm just not worthy. Well, they made that mistake. Oh, well, Pastor, I just can't believe that it's that easy. A lot of people have made that mistake. But Paul said, The Word is salvation. And salvation is more than the Word. It is the Spirit of God. The angels of God. The character of God. As Brother Tommy shared last week. It is... The report of the Lord. Rejecting God's word. Is rejecting the God of the word. And his plan for your good. You see in the word. Is a promise. Of triumph. Concerning every situation. That would be debilitating to you. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Will be saved. Whosoever shall call upon what. What is the name of the Lord? What is the name of the Lord? What name was He given after the resurrection? Most of you have been, a part of this body, have been taught that his name was not Jesus. It never was Jesus. That that is a made-up name by the translators who mistranslated and actually transliterated a name. They didn't even translate it. His name was Yeshua, which means Deliverer, Redeemer. And his last name was not Christ, it was Amashia, which is loosely translated to anoint or smear with oil. So they took the Greek Christo, which means smeared with oil, from which we get the term Crisco. Why you would allow a transliteration of what you might think was his last name. His given name was Yeshua HaMashiach. But his earned name was King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because at his resurrection, Jehovah, Lord of hosts, named him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's not Jesus. That's calling upon the fact that he is king of kings. The fact that he is Lord of lords. If you know someone of great power, great authority, great influence then you don't call them Bubba. You refer to them, Your Honor, Your Majesty. You refer to them based upon the title they own that you wish to draw them. If you're friends with a sheriff and you're having coffee... You may go, how's it going, Bob? But if you're in trouble, you say, listen, Sheriff, I need your expertise on this. I was in the Travis County Jail in 1974. Some of y'all know I was falsely charged. In a case, and it took me two years to get my record expunged and everything cleared up, and the government to pay me for falsely imprisoning me for six days. But right after I was imprisoned, the sheriff of Travis County looked at my case and came and said, Please don't sue me. What did he do in that moment? He stepped out of being the Lord High Sheriff of Travis County. The man who was in charge of the jail I was in. And recognized that there was an authority bigger than his. And that authority was innocent. And I was locked up in his jail. And because it was a federal charge... He had no choice but to incarcerate me but was smart enough to say please don't sue me. I know what's happening is wrong but there's nothing I can do about it because my authority has been usurped by the federal government. He surrendered his authority over me to request a favor of me. Was that his choice? Don't ever choose to surrender your authority. Because there are some people who if they thought it would help would say, Devil, please don't hurt me no more. Devil, if you'll stop this, I won't be such a problem for you anymore. No, that's the time to bear down on lordship kingship what does it mean to call upon the name of the Lord that means to recognize it as not a name but a title earned in combat have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus our attitude towards God and his word will determine the benefit of his word to us Even though he had been seated in heaven with God as a son of God, he had an attitude that I'm here to do a job and it doesn't include my identity. It includes my humility before Jehovah Lord of hosts. Because I must approach God as every other human, or I do not qualify for the victory I'm about to accomplish. who although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He had an assignment to complete, a job to do, and that mattered more than who he was or what people thought of him. Today, a lot of people are unable to receive from God because they're more concerned about people knowing who they are and what position they hold. But he emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. He set aside his heavenly identity, power, and position to identify with our fallen state and illustrate what man under lordship could do. I want you to stop for a second and get this. Yeshua did nothing apart from the word. when he was eyeball to eyeball and nose to nose with the devil he quoted the Old Testament Deuteronomy what was he teaching us in that it's not who you are but whose you are that allows you to be triumphant and he knew the word could not be broken annulled or set aside so he let the word fight his battle And the only arsenal he carried in a nose-to-nose confrontation with the devil was, It is written. To teach us that if it is written would deliver him from his destruction, it will deliver you from your destruction. Because he kept Jehovah, Lord of hosts, lifted to lordship, and his word is supreme, The Word conquered Satan for him. To teach us that Jesus didn't have to whip the devil. He only had to allow the Lordship of Jehovah. And the Lordship of the Word. To do it for him. When you study out the story in Luke 4. Of Satan and Jesus eyeball to eyeball. Recognize That's an unarmed man with no identity in himself but the word to which he had yielded and the God to which he had given lordship. If I assume the same position, I win. Only for me, it's now the lordship that Yeshua has attained and my relationship with him through being born again. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. He set aside heavenly identity, power, and position to identify with our fallen state, and illustrate what man under lordship could do. Jesus didn't defeat the devil. The word he stood one with did. The lordship he stood under did. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He allowed himself to be taken by the worst form of death known on the face of the earth. And followed the course of prophecy to the bitter end, expecting Jehovah's Lordship to be greater than, Than Satan's plans and pursuits. There is salvation in the Word when you see it. There is deliverance in the Word when you see it. So much so that you can walk into the devil's stronghold and expect the Word to deliver you. God exalted him because he remained one with his assignment. And with God's word. A name. Not Jesus. Risen Lord. Savior. King. Anointed Redeemer. Son of God. He attained a name through conquest. King of kings. And Lord of lords. So if I'm submitting to that name. I'm saying there's no power no authority greater that can come against me. When I submit to Lord of Lords, I'm saying, Satan and all the powers of darkness are under that name. Therefore, when I submit to that name, they have no power against me. So that at the name of Jesus, again, mistranslation, Yeshua, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and those on earth and under the earth. Pastor Jim, why doesn't it say there, King of kings and Lord of lords? Because it's identifying his personhood, not his earned title. When confronted with Yeshua, all he conquered and all he inherited while under that name Must yield to lordship. And every tongue will confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The anointed Son of God, Yeshua HaMashiach, is Lord, King, ruler, champion. And in that victory declaration, when I decree that name, I'm decreeing that victory. The Father. Who accomplished it is glorified or made present. We have told you before that glorified means God made present. When God is made present, the enemy flees. When God is made present, the lies fall from us. Not understanding what a verse conveys can rob you of its power and performance. Now I want to share with you how the message got started this week. I have a problem with most of what's on Christian television and with most of what's on Christian radio. There are very few ministers of the gospel that I can listen to without the filters on. And this message began with an erroneous teaching that I don't have to stand in faith as long as God is on the throne. Because His Word says, He remains faithful when I am faithless. I want to tell you that's a cursed lie of darkness. And not understanding it will get you in a heap of trouble. I don't care what preacher so-and-so or brother super religious said to you. There is only one way to please God and that's faith. And there is no route around it. Because if you believe the lie that was being conveyed. That his faithfulness will make up for me not believing. Then you're saying there's two ways to get from God. Faith and just doing nothing. And it don't work that way. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is God and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him as God. Devoid of faith, there's no pleasing God and no reward. Now you cannot circumvent that with another verse of scripture. To quote the great philosopher Donald Trump. two Timothy (laughs) 2.13. If we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Other translations say he cannot deny his own identity. Some people say his own people. But we, faithless, devoid of faith, that's our shortcoming. He, faithful, it does not say we get the needed thing anyway. No faith, no reward. It does say He, His word, His promise, stand ready. Always the same. Even when we doubt or fail to avail ourselves of His goodness, He will not turn His back on us due to our unbelief if we return to faith he will be there to perform his word when we are faithless he remains faithful it doesn't say he does it anyway have you ever wronged a person and they would not talk to you anymore they wouldn't take your phone calls they wouldn't answer the door when you came by because you had wronged them what this verse says when you wrong God by not recognizing his lordship by not recognizing his kingship he doesn't put you on the no talk list the no fly list the no communication list he remains faithful to his word to his promise and once you get back into faith he gets back into accomplishing your victory The word of God is a powerful weapon for you. But never let the devil convince you. It gives you an excuse not to believe. Not to stand. Not to hold on to lordship. Not to bow before kingship. There is only one way to please God. Faith. There is only one truth in every promise of God. You can't rearrange the promise. You can't rewrite the promise. The promise stands as written. Salvation is bigger than forgiveness of sins. When you are born again, your mind is renewed to the truth of what you have come into. Not as people who are saved well now that I'm saved I have my ticket stamped I'll just wait around till heaven gets me no when you're born again you recognize the fact it's time for me to rule and reign with him pastor what does it mean to rule and reign with him to exercise his kingship his lordship over everything that opposes his truth you become one with the Word of God, defeating sin, sickness, and disease. disease, defeating fear, doubt, and unbelief, defeating poverty, defeating lack, defeating everything that His resurrection provided you the ability to rule over. So great a salvation! What does that mean? It's multifaceted. His Word, His Spirit. Angelic intervention, his name, his lordship, his kingship, his presence. I trust you receive tonight the truth as I've attempted to deliver it. There is no one word of God that negates another word of God. If it's a word of God to you. There are words of God that negate another word of God. When it was written to an unbeliever or to the devil. The word of truth is part of your arsenal. But so is prayer. If you're praying the word. So is praise. If you're praising him for what he has done. So is worship, if you worship Him because of who He is. So is angelic intervention. There are so many elements to salvation that to narrow it down to being forgiven of your sins is to deny lordship. Denying lordship and kingship cut the Jews out of their inheritance. Don't let it cut you out of what belongs to you rightfully. Call upon the name of the Lord, Jehovah. Call upon the name of the Lord, Yeshua, Hamashiach, King of kings and Lord of lords. He was Yeshua before he went to the cross. He was Yeshua, King of kings and Lord of lords. After he was raised from the dead. That name says to everything that was conquered in that resurrection, you have no right to stand, you're defeated. Did you get anything tonight? Church, you're loved, you're blessed. I look forward to Sunday and our time together celebrating in his goodness. If you have. uh, Musical instruments or exercise equipment that you'd like to donate. We can work that out with the office staff and we'll get that to Mexico. And uh, that stuff you never used can become a blessing to someone else. You're loved. Go with God.